This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's the Liverpool Echo's Blood Red podcast. I'm Matt Addison with Sean Bradbury and Richard Garnett, both with me this afternoon. It's still the international break, of course, but ahead of a busy period of a game every three or four days, pretty much for two months straight for Liverpool, we thought we'd take a longer view of the hugely exciting period that lies ahead. Between Watford on Saturday and the Champions League final, there are 56 days, a period in which Jordan Henderson could potentially produce three more shuffles at the podium at Anfield, then Wembley and then Paris. The fixture list is packed with exciting fixtures that come thick and fast, and there'll be barely any time to stop and take stock. So that's exactly what we're going to do now, just ahead of time. We are recording this live, so if you've got any questions or comments, stick them into the comments section, and we'll get to those either as we go or at the end. But Sean, up to 13 games in 56 days for Liverpool. It's almost like the calm before the storm, this international break. Very much so. Yeah, to, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of international breaks, kind of professionally or personally. There's the obvious thing of uh, club football being a much more big deal for for myself, and I'm sure I can speak for a lot of Liverpool fans when when we say that. You know, you're, you're just on tenter hooks normally, aren't you? Hoping that players come back fit. And in the professional sense, you know, it is it is downtime. We have to be a touch more creative with our content on the Echo. You know, you don't get the content saved up to you in the sense of the game's coming thick and fast. Um, so, you know, there's, there's those things. But to be honest, this one has felt a little bit different. And I think you've you've alluded to why there. You know, I just think it's one of them where the, the Legends game was a nice, fun distraction for a start, raising money for lots of, of great causes. So Gerard scoring at Anfield again, Rivaldo coming to the city and buzzing off being at the ground. You know, that's all very nice. But in a wider and I suppose more significant sense in terms of, you know, the, the first team at Liverpool, this international break felt like a bit of a chance to just recharge, take a big deep breath before what are going to be two months of relentless games and endless possibilities, really, in terms of just how significant and momentous this season could be for the Reds. And I think that that's the thing. That's kind of why I've been able to enjoy this. You know, it's a chance to drink all that in. You know, obviously, what counts at the end of the season is is winning the trophies, isn't it? And being able to Liverpool being able to add to the one that they've already got in the trophy cabinet, the Carabao Cup. But, you know, that a quadruple is even remotely on the agenda is is a wonderful thing. You know, it doesn't come along very often, does it, if at all? I know City have had opportunities, haven't they, in recent seasons where questions have been asked and there's been a bit of a buzz around the club and in the media, you know, can they do it? But this is a time where Liverpool could do it. You know, as you say, it's it's 56 days. It's, it's not a lot of time. And I almost think it benefits Liverpool now that the games keep on coming because, you know, Let's say something goes wrong in one competition. Well, there's another one right there. There's another opportunity, you know, the next midweek, the next weekend to put it right. And the form that they're in and that they hopefully they'll carry on past this international break if everyone comes back fit and ready, which touch wood sounds like it's happening at the moment. You know, there's a few little niggles and knocks going into it, wasn't there? But nothing sounds too ominous in terms of what we're hearing so far about players. So, yeah, I just think it's a time to, to believe, to buy into it, to look ahead and, and try and relish it. So, yeah, everyone everyone, take a deep breath and, and strap yourselves in for the next two months. Yeah, it's just big game after big game, isn't it, Rich? And, I mean, it's Benfica twice in the Champions League, Manchester City twice, Man United, Everton. Even Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa now is a much bigger game because of, of Gerrard than it might have otherwise been. I mean, there's just so many good fixtures to look forward to, I think, over the next few weeks. It's it's really exciting, isn't it? Well, what, what, what more do you want? You know what I mean? You've got... So many big games here. Which one do you look forward to the most? It, it, almost spoiled for choice. I mean, 
if you go into all of them, you might be skinned to come May. But that that is the trade-off of uh, following a team that's at the peak of its powers, isn't it? Um, I might take a quick look. I mean, you know, you look at the Wofford game and you think, oh, you know, Wofford at home, 12.30 kickoff, normally probably a bit of a, a placid atmosphere for, for what you'd expect to be a routine win. Everything's riding on it. You know what I mean? That you need those points. I think I think uh, United play Burnley, don't they? At three o'clock. So by the time they kick off, Liverpool could be top of the league. So all of a sudden, that game takes on this, uh, you know, this whole bigger uh, importance than than uh, some sort of routine Premier League game. But I think I think we're well past the point of routine matches now. Every single game is massive, and if you can, I think if you can just get that little psychological advantage on uh, Manchester City going into the start of this month. It's a really good starting point because what you're basically doing now right the way through this uh, this um, unbelievable fixture list is asking a question of Manchester City at every single point. And the first one's going to be at home to Wofford. If, you, if you, can get, you can beat Wofford, you're asking a question of them straight away. And they're going to have to keep answering that all the way down that list until they face each other, obviously, at the Etihad on the 10th and then in the FA Cup a week later. Um, and almost, it's almost like a penalty shootout with Liverpool going first. Um, and, and I kind of like Irish saying a shootout. It's better if you if you go first, really, because if uh, um, you know if something goes wrong, there's always the opportunity for someone else to slip up. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm very excited about the games that are coming up. And uh, yeah, why, why wouldn't you be? Yeah, exactly. I think Manchester City, Sean's going to be a, a bit of a, a theme of, of the next few weeks. That kind of rivalry back sort of at the peak of its powers again, Liverpool and, and City, maybe the two best teams in the world. It, it's probably say, uh, fair to, to say that, certainly right up there, both of them. It, it does kind of feel like it, that's what it's going to come down to, isn't it? In all, in all of the competitions, obviously the league, it's, it's those two, the FA Cup, but even the Champions League, it, it could be destiny that in Paris, it's, it's Liverpool against City. So it's it, it, that's going to be a big theme, I think, for the rest of this season. Uh, absolutely. And I think Rich was spot on there that, you know, the, the, a few weeks ago, or a couple of months back probably now, there was a time when the, every match week, weekend, it felt like City were playing first and they were the ones that got the chance to lay down the marker and Liverpool had to follow, they had to respond. But that that has flipped a little bit. And I do think that that is a significant thing. And, you know, Watford, obviously it's, it's it's looking ahead to the, the fixtures this month. It's it's not a glamour tie, is it? Obviously, it's a, it's a reunion with our, our old mate Roy, and and it's a team who are kicking and screaming towards the bottom of the table. You know, not wanting to be dragged down into any further into the relegation mire. And as Rich pointed out, it's an early kickoff, which sometimes has proved to be Liverpool's kryptonite when we've been a little bit sleepy and and struggled to get into those games. But yeah, I just think with everything that's riding on that one. Um, as Rich said, it's the whole mentality of that game will be asked. Ask this question of City: go out, make them earn their win later in the day. Uh, to be honest, though, look, looking at the span of the month now, I think you're spot on, Matt. You know, the 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 possibility of meeting City in virtually every competition, or, or you know, in the league, obviously, you know, having the whole run defined by by them and Liverpool now, and obviously the huge clash of the Etihad on the horizon. The one that I'm really looking to now is, I think, possibly the most significant game of the lot is is Benfica away because. Look at what happened with Liverpool and Inter. You know, they, they went away from home, got, got a couple of unanswered goals, were able to come back. And I know there was there was varying views on just how comfortable and cosy they were in, in the home leg. Obviously, they didn't win. They, they lost the game. But they had that little bit of breathing room. You know, they could go at 75, 80% rather than the, the full throttle 100. 
And looking at it, I think that's the last chance now to to earn another game that potentially doesn't mean as much as every single other fixture. Because as Rich said before, there's just there's no way you can realistically see the title race not going to at least at least the kind of second game in May or you know perhaps even to the final day. So you know there's going to be a couple of twists and turns, surely. But but you know everything will be on the line right right all the way there. But I think if Liverpool were able to get a good result. In that first leg of the quarterfinal, obviously that that assists them then with just how hard they can go at City away from home in the league, which is the next game. Then they've got the second leg at home to Benfica. Then it's City again. Then it's United. Then it's Everton. Then it's Newcastle. You know, it it, it is. I think we we worked this out a little while ago in terms of if Liverpool keep winning with with you know rearranged fixtures, semi-finals perhaps in Europe. There's I think there is a midweek game or there would be a midweek game penciled in for every single available slot until the end of the season, or, or pretty much, you know, as, as near as you can be. So I think that Benfica one's big because you can potentially earn a game at home in, in the Champions League where you can rest, you can rotate a little bit, you know, not not hugely. I mean, obviously, even, even if Liverpool were, were two nil up, as we saw with, with Inter, you know, anything can change in the Champions League game and then they've, they've got some dangerous and talented players. But yeah, I think Klopp will have a plan where only there'll be there'll be plans laid out in terms of who plays when. And, you know, as we were saying before, hopefully as long as, as long as as many players uh, come back from the international break as fit as possible, you know, that, that plan hopefully will be effective in terms of when people get played. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's going to be a Titanic battle. I mean, you know, this is, it's remarkable really that it almost feels like the stakes have gone up in terms of Liverpool and City's rivalry. I mean, how, how can that be true? You know, you've had title races that have gone right down to the wire with points in the high nineties. You've had, one team blowing away the other and then vice versa in terms of, you know, almost processions with, with them both running away in the league in terms of how high the standards they've set. But this now just seems poised to be something beyond even that, all of that. And, you know, the, the season that could end all seasons and define all seasons. But I think Liverpool are ready. There's a, there's a, there's a couple of issues, isn't there? You know, you, you really hope Trent comes back as soon as possible. I think he's, he's the, apart from maybe Salah, the one player in the squad where there isn't a direct replacement who can you know, even partly replicate what he does. And, and that that's a significant thing. But other than that, it's all guns blazing and just a hugely exciting prospect on all fronts. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. How much, Richard, do you think it, it will come down to injuries? Obviously, Sean mentions Trent there. There might be one or two little injuries for, for the rest of this season. Might be for, for Man City as well. But is that what it's going to come down to? Do you think those kind of little details really that are almost out of, of your hands you can't really do, do too much about them you can't make Trent come back any quicker but it, it might come down to, to something like that uh, it could well do um I mean you know, Trent is a key one isn't he as, as Sean said he hasn't got a direct replacement there's no one who can come in and and, and just replicate what, what he's done if that was the case Nico Williams probably wouldn't have gone out on loan on a January deadline day would he but he, as well as he's doing at Fulham um, but so I think you know the quicker Trent can get back, certainly the better for Liverpool. Um, if you look at the two the differences between the two sides, if Man City were to get another injury up top, would that affect the goals that they could score? Liverpool maybe got more natural finishes, uh, or they've certainly scored more goals. Um, and if City were to take any sort of hit up there, would that would that swing things in Liverpool's favour. Who knows? It will missing Trent for however long it takes. 
be something that gives gives City that little bit of an advantage that or a little edge on on, on Liverpool uh, leading into the latter stages of April, a possibility. So yeah, I, I think it, it could have an impact. It, it absolutely could. But at the same time, they've got two squads there now that are, uh, are going to be absolutely committed to try and win every competition that they're in, and and they just you know. <laughs> It's so close. It's, it's it's unbelievable, really, isn't it? Especially when you think of the standards that are being set now. Um, we're not we're not just talking about the best teams in the league, are we? We're talking about teams that are, you know will we'll finish close to a hundred points, barely barely lose a game all season. It's it's just incredible the levels that are being maintained now. Um, I, I wouldn't like to call it if you took injuries out of it. I, I felt like Liverpool were just beginning to get the upper hand on City, just. Just put in that seed of doubt in 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 Pep Guardiola, Guardiola's mind, in the players' minds, so much so that you, you've seen that, that ever so slight wobble from City from their normal, almost total perfection that that you, which incredibly sort of come to take for granted, even though it must be so impossible to maintain those levels. Um, but but it it could it can with that pendulum swinging just slightly in Liverpool's favour, it can only take an injury or two injuries to to shift it back the other way. And we're just going to have to live with that uncertainty, I think, until the end of the season, because obviously you never know when an injury is going to occur. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to call it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it's so, so difficult, isn't it? I mean, in, in terms of kind of the, the squad and, and injuries, Sean, I mean, no one's ever won the quadruple before. Obviously it's very, very hard to, to do that. But apart from, as you say, the, the Trent kind of situation at right-back, there is depth for Liverpool in the rest of, of the squad. They could 100% deal with with most things that are thrown at them in terms of, of their squad. I mean, that, that's the key difference, isn't it? OK, no one's ever won the quadruple before, but probably not many teams have, have had the depth that Liverpool have had before. No, I, I think January was absolutely massive in, in two different respects, at two different ends of the pitch, On in terms of what you're talking about there. Obviously, Diaz, you know, will help. I sung his praises the last time I was on the pod, so I won't go back there because I was I was pretty fulsome. But I just think he's he's the real deal. He's he's got everything. He's already, you know, he looks like he's been here for for seasons already. And you know, even if the goals haven't you know completely come, he didn't make the flying start. Maybe that Salah made in terms of goals. Perhaps even that Jota made as well. You know, when he came, it didn't take long for him to start finding the back of the net pretty regularly. But he's done so much, hasn't he? You know, particularly in that cup final. But at the other end of the pitch, I think. The adjustments that Liverpool consciously made in terms of focusing on the defence again and making sure that silly errors that we saw towards the start of the season and some of those situations where, you know, one, two nil leads, particularly two nil leads at times, were, were given up and given away. Goals were conceded just before half time, things like that. There were a few little patterns that started to repeat themselves that you thought, well, in the final analysis, these could be the things that cost Liverpool. I think there was a almost a tactical and psychological reset. You know, when the, when the guys went away to the Africa Cup of Nations, it was like, right, well, we're going to have to do without them. So what's our first strategic move here? And it's just make sure we don't concede. And, the, you know, the thing that I keep coming back to now is there just aren't many games left. And and I think in terms of the league, you know, nine games left. Look, look what Liverpool did at the back end of last season. Ten games unbeaten, eight wins, two draws, miracles every week, injury time winners from Trent, goalie scoring goals, you know, it, it's this is a team who's who's been at this point where the pressure's on them, and there's a span of fixtures in front of them where you've got to do the business virtually every week, and and they know how to do it. And yeah, I, I just think you're absolutely right about depth. And I thought it was really interesting the the Palace game 
the draw for Man City, where obviously you know they were they were not struggling in, in terms of general play. You know that they, they were kind of all over Palace from what I saw, and I remember seeing afterwards they had an XG number of of around two two expected goals after the game. So you know if you if you don't score and you're getting an XG of around two, you, you can say maybe you've been a little bit unlucky. But you know in that game Guardiola made zero subs, and on the bench you had. I think Sterling was on the bench, Gundogan was on the bench. You know, you had options to come on. So, at that point, that was the point for me where I thought not only the results, but the manner of it in terms of City and Guardiola's approach. You know, was he was he worried about his options a little bit? Was he doing his his sometimes trademark thing of overthinking it? And you know, afterwards he was saying, "Well, I thought my guys on the pitch were playing well. Why would they change it?" But that's your last fixture in the Premier League, at least ahead of an international break. You know, I thought it was a bit bit strange that he didn't do that. And Whatever way you look at it, it speaks to your point of Liverpool's depth. You know, as soon as that that five some, if you like, in terms of the attacking talents came together in January, I think th- there's there's just so much going for them now, isn't there? There's the option of rotation. There's the fact that they're all pressing each other. And you know, I've I've done a Liverpool legend of the service there. I've not even included Divock Origi in the five. You know, I'm convinced there will be one game where he steps up and does uh, something. Uh, that we expect from Divock Origi, you know, whether it's going to be Everton or or whoever, that he's got a moment in him before the end of the season. You know, I'd be pretty certain of that. So, yeah, it, it, it just looks like Liverpool are, are so well set up. And this is why I think, in terms of the whole mentality and belief thing, it's totally understandable why Klopp says, you know, is a bit dismissive of the idea of a quadruple. You know, he's the manager, that that's his role. And, you know, you, you've got to kind of play things down as, as much as he does encourage fans to believe in a general sense. But I think you've seen the real mentality that seeps out of the dressing room it's been let slip a couple of times you know there was a press conference with Trent where he said this is a Liverpool team and squad that should be winning more trophies you know we know that um I think that might have been a Champions League one or at some point ahead of the Carabao Cup you know and and they know they know that that should happen and they know that they can do it and we haven't got that long left and I just think that that's in Liverpool's favour they've got the more recent history if you look back at the end of last season of performing under pressure putting a string of wins together that really means something at the business end of the season. And I don't think City will like that. Yeah, I think it's it's always good for, for Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool to have a lot of games, actually, to get that rhythm, as he always says. They do seem to, to kind of get into that swing quite often. Certainly in the last couple of seasons, we've kind of seen bigger gaps causing them a bit of a problem, maybe losing a bit of that momentum, but certainly no chance for that to happen over the next couple of months. Just to to kind of look at, at City's games, Richard, the, the games that they've still got, obviously, we mentioned the, the game against Liverpool, that's a big one for them. Only one before that is, is Burnley, but then they've got Wolves, Brighton, Watford, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham and Aston Villa, the last three. I think Newcastle are a completely different proposition for, for any team, after January of, of what they've done in the, the transfer market. West Ham and, and Aston Villa as well, they could have things to, to sort of battle for. West Ham trying to get into Europe, Aston Villa with Steven Gerrard and Felipe Coutinho among them. I mean, there's quite a few narratives among the Manchester City fixtures as well. Yeah. Um, if, if you just looked at the two sets of fixtures in isolation, um, I look at it and think, oh yeah, Liverpool have got the harder running. But as you say... The, Anything can really happen, and and that fixture against Newcastle looks. I don't know. You just don't know what you don't know what you're going to get with them, do you? You know what I mean. You might get a uh, a maximum masterclass, or um, City might win six nil. You know what I mean. It's a you, you just wouldn't know how to call it. And and Aston Villa with with Steven Gerrard, he's he, one thing's for certain. He, he'll want 
Aston Villa to get some sort of result out of that game, and if it that that means some sort of dogged defensive unit in order to try and uh, even try and get a draw, then you can you can bet your life that that's what he's going to try and achieve. And he want that for himself more than Liverpool. But let's let's not um, let's not get away from the fact that he would love to get one over City. There's there's no doubt about that. So uh, you know, even though on paper their running does look a bit easier. Is it really not what what's easy at this stage of the season, especially if they get injuries, especially if they end up in some sort of uh, Titanic ding dong with Atletico Madrid, uh, masters of the dark arts who, who can frustrate sides and uh, and cause problems. That they they could be energy sapping fixtures. It's 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 there to be had, isn't it? I I, I don't know how what what Diola thinks, but is is he's. His body language is never really that good with Liverpool, is it? You know what I mean. He always, he always seems a bit tense. He always seems to uh, appear a little bit worried about them. He's not, not, never been very good at hiding that, really. And you, you just wonder if this sort of comeback from so many points behind, and 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 as Sean rightly pointed out, running out of games. Now we've got a lot of games in a short space of time, but only a short space of time to play them all in. So things, momentum is moving. With Liverpool at the moment, and you wonder what sort of psychological effect that would have on him and the players, or in fact, if it has already on Guardiola with his with his obviously quite strange um, decision not to make any substitutes against Crystal Palace. So I, I notice as well, Liverpool aren't really conceding goals, are they? You, you know what I mean? I think the last time they conceded more than one in a game, I think it worked out was the second of January uh, against Chelsea, uh, unless I've missed one, but I think that's. I think that was the last time they conceded two goals in the game. So, so if, if you never concede more than one, you've always got a chance of, of getting a result, especially with the firepower you've got at the other end. Uh, and Guardiola will know that, won't he? You know, City always score the same goal, don't they? I've said this before on the pod, but they they, they, they get in behind, they get to the they get to the byline, they pull it back, and there's some, one of those one of those skillful players is there to slam it home. So, it, I'm, surely teams are starting to get wise to that. And I, and I felt like. Although they did ride the luck a little bit, Crystal Palace, I felt like they knew that's where the problems were going to come from. And other teams will be onto it as well. So I'm certainly not saying they're a one-trick pony, but they score a lot of goals that way. And I just think if 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 teams get onto that, then that's asking another question at City and they'll have to come up with uh, some sort of solution. Probably score one from 25 yards or something like that with Sterling. But, you know, but yeah, yeah, I think I do think they're a bit worried. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean about the, the goal. I can picture exactly. They've they've done it so many times, haven't they, in the past? And I'm sure they'll continue to do that. But just in, in terms of Guardiola, Sean, I think that's interesting. Obviously, Liverpool and City have avoided the this kind of reality of having to play each other four times in 11 days or whatever it was across the, the Champions League as well. It's, it's only going to be twice now, the league and then the FA Cup the following weekend. I mean... I think that's interesting as well, isn't it? The, the way that the Guardiola and, and Klopp approach this, the, the kind of mentality going into this sort of thing. I, I kind of feel like you sort of fancy Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool to be able to to cope with it a little bit better. And I don't know whether that's fair because obviously City have, have been there and have won most things and they've got the, the 95 plus points totals as, as well as, as Liverpool have. But it does sort of feel a bit to me like if you had to bank on one of these two teams being able to cope over the next few weeks, it, it probably would be Klopp and, and Liverpool. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, you know, 
it's it's there in numbers in a way, isn't it? You look at the form table. Obviously, Liverpool haven't won nine on the bounce and drawn one before that. I think it's 28 points from the last 30 with City. You know, you lost to Spurs, true with Palace, didn't they? Um, and Saints thought they looked edgy against Everton. Arsenal could have beaten them if they hadn't combusted um, before they started putting a good run together. You know, there was a, there was a, a point where they really paired against Man United, didn't they, and put them away pretty convincingly. But perhaps in hindsight, that was a bit of a false positive and not a true indication of like the the, the wider sense of form. And you know, as as much as I just think in a general sense, as much as Klopp said, momentum, he said to me very poetically that momentum is a fragile flower. I think that was after the Arsenal game when it, it was put to him that you know you, you're flying. How long could it can you keep it up for? But I don't think. As much as he's, he is right, I don't think there's any club who can harness it and, and make that bloom, if you like, as, as well as Liverpool when the pressure's on. And and the pressure is on City, I think, you know, as, as we've said about Guardiola. Like, obviously, you, you would want Liverpool to be, you know, ha- have more points than they already do, which is already a, a ridiculous haul. But the fact that at the Etihad, realistically, Liverpool have to go and try and win, don't they? they, they that's how they have to approach the game. You know, you could argue a point is, is fine and... You know, I'll be on this podcast saying a point is absolutely fine if if it is a draw. But like, you know, it, it, you can't you can't look at what we've said about the fixtures to come for both teams. You, you can't really see opportunities where City drop points. Certainly not in any immediate sense after that game. I, I was looking before. Where, where's where's the fixture list again now? You know, after City play Liverpool, it's 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 a it's a pretty easy run until, as Rich said later on, you know, you get West Ham away, you get Villa at home right at the end of the season. You know, Brighton at home, Watford at home, Leeds away, and then I think they've got Newcastle. You know, that's I think that that has to be in Liverpool's minds, and 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 it's I know they've had very mixed fortunes at the Etihad. They've been on the end of a couple of thumping defeats, but we've also seen them turn up there and win at crucial times. You know, in Europe and things like that. So all of this plays into both managers' minds, and you know, I I just think. Yeah, and anything's possible, and I think Klopp probably does have the edge. I think the idea that Liverpool are, are kind of the, the stalking horse in the title race and are, are just behind Man City is beneficial as well. You know, it, it, it. I wouldn't quite say it's it's a it's a collapse from City at this stage, or it's even shaping up to be one because you just have to say that it's been Liverpool's imperious form and this nine unblemished, unbeaten games. You know, an incredible run. That, that's the decisive factor, isn't it? If if it proves to be one, you know that's that's what's pulled Liverpool back into it. You know, City have they're still second in the or second or third in the form table. I think you know, despite the the result against Spurs and and the two draws. So you know, you can't. There's, there's not there's not a lot that's gone wrong for them. But I just think at the crucial time, Liverpool had those those boosts in January. You know, mentally, physically, and you know, it, just in terms of pure availability and numbers in the squad in terms of getting Diaz in. So yeah, that that kind of mid-season injection has, has really gone in Liverpool's favour and hopefully, hopefully come May, it's 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 decisive. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty still to play for then. We've obviously got no match predictions and team selector to do this time, but what we are going to do is go through each of the three remaining competitions and I'll get some predictions from each of you on uh, on, on each of, of those competitions. So we'll start with the, the FA Cup. I'll come to, to you first, Richard. Are Liverpool going to beat Manchester City in the semi and, and go all the way. What's what's your sort of feeling on that one? Oh, I knew you were going to come to me first. <laughs> um, I want to, yeah, I want to say, yeah. Um, what a game. It's just enormous, isn't it? It's absolutely enormous. I, I think the, the, the key thing on the FA Cup is obviously they've got to go to the Etihad first. So they're going to play each other. Round one is... Um, 
is it is it the Etihad in the league? And what whatever comes out of that game might just give us a little bit of an idea of what to expect in that second game. Even though the different competitions, will they even change? You know, players will there be an element of rotation given the strength of the squads? I can't see it myself, but you you just don't know, do you? As you're trying to juggle all these games, I I, I fancy Liverpool to do it. I've got a good feeling about it, um, and I've been wrong before with good feelings. But that that's just me. It's just my me gut feeling. I, I but I mean, extra time could well be um, a realistic proposition. You know what I mean? I can't. I, I don't think. Uh, I don't think it's necessary. It wouldn't be plain sailing. Put it that way. Um, if you look at that, the Chelsea game at Wembley could have gone either way. That couldn't it? Let's be honest. But we've 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 ended up on the right side of it. Maybe had a little bit of good fortune along the way, and uh, they might need a bit more good fortune at Wembley. They might need a, lot, a bit more good fortune in all the games they play. But uh, yeah, um, I'm going to put my bias hat on and uh, go with Liverpool to win that one. Sean, what about you? I mean, I suppose, is there almost a case to say, is there a priority over one or the other of those City games? Or is it just a case that you just have to go all out for, for everything at this point? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's got to be the mentality. I'd, I'd say of the three remaining competitions, even though you know they're arguably closest to the line in the FA Cup in terms of number of games you need to play to win, at this point, I'd probably say it's the one I feel they're, they're furthest away from winning just because the probable obstacles are City and then, you know, obviously it could, could be Palace, but I think it'll probably be Chelsea. And, you know, while Chelsea have had peaks and troughs this season and there's been points where they've looked almost unbeatable and then there's points where they've looked a little bit toothless, you know, every single game that Liverpool have had against them has been it's been so tight. Obviously, we've mentioned the League Cup final could have gone either way and thankfully it went Liverpool's way. But I think that if Liverpool did manage to get past City and it was Chelsea in the final, that, that in itself will be tough. But where... I just go back to what I was saying before in terms of this one. I think whoever gets, whoever manages to get the easier ride in midweek before this FA Cup semi-final, I think I'd almost have his favourites going into the tie. So you know, if Liverpool can somehow, you know, difficult task, but if they can put the quarter-final to bed in the first leg against Benfica, I think that's that that's really significant. And then you know, it's a home game, isn't it, before the FA Cup semi? Whereas City, you know, I suppose ideally you'd have had their ties with Atletico if you were if you were Liverpool picking picking the way the fixtures work which obviously isn't how it works you'd have had them going to Atletico before the league game just so you know Simeone and the lads can kick lumps out of them and then then they can uh, come home to the Etihad and, and have Liverpool rock up to play them but in in this is this is how it works the other way around isn't it and if, if that tie is still alive you know if City haven't blown Atletico away in the first leg which is entirely possible for as stubborn and defensively Solid as uh, Simeone's fellas are, you know, they, they could well be outside in that first leg. But I think if, if everything's still there to play for in the second leg, Atletico will make that absolutely horrible. Um, and 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 in those circumstances, I'd be I'd be pretty confident for Liverpool. So a bit of a, a bit of a fence sit from me, but with a with at least something that will potentially change <laughs> change what I think about it. Just Let's, Matt, just going to say just, sorry to interrupt. Just on just on that the FA Cup points because obviously. You could conceivably face Chelsea in an FA Cup final and even a Champions League final, you know, and, and not not forgetting. And I, I know we haven't touched on Champions League, not not forgetting that Chelsea are the defending champions of the Champions League as well. There's the, their narrative still still to be running this season, but it is quite possible that you could face Crystal Palace because I tell you what, they've got some talented players, haven't they? 
they, they looked really good in the last few games I've seen them play. And if there's any team who knows about not underestimating Crystal Palace in an FA Cup semi-final, it'll be Liverpool. Uh, and, and But Chelsea could be in for a bit of a surprise. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of a turn-up in that, in that semi-final, in the other semi-final, rather. Yeah, certainly be one to keep an eye on. Let's move on to the, the Champions League then. I'll stick with you, Richard, on this one. I mean, just quickly, I suppose, how, how likely is it that Liverpool win it? They've, they've got every chance, haven't they? <laughs> um, they've got every chance and they probably have to play the same, <laughs> possibly the same teams to, to achieve it. I think the, the draw was favourable. There's no getting away from that. They've avoided Man City and Chelsea uh, until the final. So, uh, actually, I'm more. I suppose I'm more confident about them reaching the final than I am of them actually winning the whole thing. Because I'm, I'm probably for the same reasons uh, Sean mentioned for the FA Cup. Albeit I said they'd win that, so I'm probably contradicting myself a little bit. But you know what I mean. If you, in the greater scheme of things, I just they did get a more favourable draw than say City or or Chelsea. Um, you know, Bayern Munich against Villarreal. On paper, you'd expect Bayern Munich to win that, but Villarreal are on this great run, and and it, you know it, it's certainly not a given. I'd still fancy Liverpool to beat um, Bayern Munich if they could get past Benfica. We're assuming, of course, that they will get past Benfica. That's going to be a tough game. But if you're asking me if we think we'll beat them, yes, I think they will. Um, so I, I I would fancy Liverpool to be in Paris um, come the end of the season, whether they win it or not. Just, just depends how much they've got left, I think. Um, I personally would prioritise the league. That, that, that's where my priority lies in this whole thing. And, and the re- even though the odds, could, you could argue that the odds were more stacked against them in the league, although since they've narrowed it to a point, you know, maybe that has shifted a little bit. But I just feel like Liverpool have got unfin- unfinished business there. You know, they won the first Premier League after 30 years and... and you know, people celebrated by sitting at home or sitting in a park with a few cans, <laughs> socially distanced, and none of it made sense. Certainly didn't make sense for me, you know, it, it almost like that. It, they, you know, they won the league, but it felt like it wasn't proper. And I feel that there's a, a day of uh, day of celebration needs to come to Anfield. And, and I think that's where the shift will be. Uh, just if, and if they can achieve that, will, will they have enough left to uh, get over the line in Paris? I hope so, but I'll I'll sit on the fence at the moment. I fancied him to get to the final. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Sean, do you want to come in on the the Champions League as well, just quickly before we uh, we move on to to the Premier League? I suppose it's, you know, it's the same teams again, isn't it? Like Richard said, you're looking at City and Chelsea, maybe Real Madrid, to be fair, on on the other side as well. But probably an all-English final would be my money. Yeah, I, I do fancy Liverpool to, as Rich said, and you know, and, and as you just said, get, at least get to the final. I, I said a little while back when we did a, a more long-range trophy prediction that I fancied the League Cup and the Champions League as a as a cup double. And uh, I think, well, things have certainly got a little bit, well, not even a little bit, much more significantly better for Liverpool since then in, in terms of how it, the outlook's looking in, in, in on the other trophy fronts. But yeah, I, I just think Benfica's a big hurdle, don't get me wrong. You know, we've, we've got to be very clear on that but let's say Liverpool negotiate it and, it and it is the probable semi-final against Bayern Munich at this stage of the season um I always fancy Liverpool against 
well, pretty pretty much any side. That like, if, if if there was an English side on the way to the final over two legs, I think that would have the potential to be really grueling. Could take it out of Liverpool and other competitions. But Liverpool's ability to blitz teams, which you know we we do still see fairly regularly, you know, in in, in Europe, and and almost shock them a little bit compared to what they're used to week in week out. I think is is such a valuable weapon, you know, and and they've done it, haven't they? They've they've gone to Bayern Munich, they've gone to the Allianz and won, you know, pretty well. Um, back in the day with, with the three one win. So yeah, I I would I would fancy Liverpool to, to get there. And then, you know, once you get to the final, I'd, it, obviously it'd be if, if Liverpool do, it'd be very interesting to see who they were they were pitted up against. But you know, virtually any team from the other side of the draw, I think, you know, there's, there's at the very least there's huge motivation for Liverpool. You know, if if Madrid were able to make it and Liverpool were too, there's the whole revenge factor. You know, if, if City were there, then depending on what else has happened between now and then at the end of the season. In the other competitions, you know, I think there'd be a lot of pressure on them, given that they haven't done it yet. They've, they've made it to a final and, and you know, been defeated by Chelsea. Um, and, you know, Chelsea as well, if, if if it was them and Liverpool, that that would be interesting and and probably a pretty exhausting game to, to play in and, and watch. But we'll see. But I do fancy Liverpool for, for, for a strong run now. I just think they've got they've got know-how, they've got momentum and they've, yeah, they've, they've, they've got everything it takes to, to go all the way. Back to you then, Richard, for the Premier League. I'll give you a, a bit of a scenario for this one. Let's imagine that that game on the 10th finishes as a draw. City and Liverpool draw at the Etihad. Do Liverpool win the league? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Liverpool need to go there and win. We said, we're assuming this. We're assuming this on the basis that Liverpool will beat Watford and Manchester City will win at Turf more. Okay? But mm-hmm. if that if Liverpool win and Man City only get a draw, then it changes, doesn't it? The, the scenario changes. So we're almost a game we're, we're a game behind being able to answer that question, I think. But if you but if you just want to base it on them both winning the first those first games of the season, I do think Liverpool have got to go there and win. It, it takes it out of City's hands. I just do think that somewhere along the line, City and Liverpool will drop points. I just can't see both teams winning all the games. Obviously, they're playing each other, so someone's got to drop a point there. But I, I just, I, I just, they've just got so many games to play in in on three competitions. Surely they're not going to win every single one of them. So they do need to go and win. They do need to go and win. To put it in their own hands, uh, but and it's that it, it is tight. But a draw is not a disaster. It's not a disaster. It's not like having to beat Chelsea at home and losing two nil and then drawing with Crystal Palace. It's not. It's not like it doesn't have that same sort of sucker punch feel to it. Um, even though obviously a draw would be fine for City. Uh, I fancy Liverpool for the title. Yeah, I'd be more than happy with the, a draw at the Etihad, to be honest, at this point, Sean. It'd be quite nice for Steven Gerrard and Felipe Coutinho to win the league for Liverpool, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I think uh, Carragher was collaring Stevie about that at the weekend, wasn't he, at the, at the Legends game? And uh, trying again to make sure he does all he can, which I'm sure he will. I, I think I think Liverpool do have to win at the Etihad to, to win the league, just because of the, of, of the month of May. I think, you know, as much as... City's final two of West Ham away and Villa at home isn't the easiest. And, you know, I'm not even convinced they win both of those. But Liverpool's final three of Spurs, 
just anything could happen there, couldn't it? You just don't know what you're going to get. Well, apart from the fact that Harry Kane is a player I've, I've had my doubts about at times, not in terms of his pure goal-scoring ability, but you know whether he's whether he's rounded enough to be a striker in a team who've got ambitions of winning, you know, the, the big trophies. He's been brilliant this season. You know, him and Son, obviously, devastating partnership. The fact that I think they do look pretty good away from home. You know, that's that's how the manner of well, well, they beat, beat uh, City twice this season, didn't he? But obviously, the more the more recent performance was a very convincing one at the Etihad. Then you've got Southampton away. Even Wolves at home on on the last day is a game that, well, if the title was riding on it, you would you would hope that Liverpool could win. But you know, they're stubborn little team who've, who've had a decent spell of form um, fairly recently, and you know, not 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 recently in, in terms of uh, the collapse against Leeds, but. There were some circumstances around that. And uh, yeah, I think they've looked quite handy when I've seen them. So yeah, I, I think I think Liverpool do need to do need to go and win. A, a draw there suits City at this stage, especially with that the little run of games that they've got to end May. But like I said before, Liverpool are at their most dangerous when they've got momentum, when they've got a bit of certainty. And I think the what we can be hundred percent clear on with no doubt is that they will go to the Etihad gunning to win and they've certainly got the firepower to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It promises to be an exciting 56-day period for Liverpool, I'm sure. They will do all they can to win all of the trophies. I did mention at the start we'd give any comments a shout-out, and there is a comment on Facebook which says, Sean Bradbury looks a bit like Harry Maguire, so I thought we'd end on that note. I'm sure that's... Uh... <laughs> well, this, this, this is my final Blood Red podcast. It's been nice being part of the show, but i um, going to have to retire after that one. Wow. Yeah, glasses back on for me next time, definitely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that I thought that was uh, was one that was worth pointing out. But on that note, I think that will just about do us plenty more stuff, of course, to come across the rest of the week in all of the usual places as we build up to Watford and the rest of this season. But until next time, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.